I can watch The Martian mm-hmm. 13 times straight. That's, that's, that's <laughs> just a weird number to pick. All with prime numbers here. Welcome to Sincast, presented by CinemaSins. All right, everybody, welcome to the Sincast. This is Chris Atkinson from CinemaSins, joined as always by the voice of CinemaSins, Jeremy Scott. Hello! And from Music Video Sins, Barrett Share. Victory! Victory! Victory. Mm. Entourage. Entourage. Entourage reference there. <laughs> that Viking show. in Jesus. Viking <laughs> My savior forever. forever. He me and then he taught, me. <laughs> I like uh, Chris's, uh, what was that show called that Johnny Drama was in? It was Viking Quest. There it is. Viking Quest. Nice. Yeah. You know um, your entourage. And like at the, uh, I think it's in the movie where he wins the Oscar for uh, for uh, Vinny Chase's movie that he's in, and uh, he goes up there and he goes victory. Of course he does. Of course he does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Today is going to be a bunch of uh of mail that we have uh you know or emails and questions that we haven't gotten to. Uh, yeah. But we also have. Um, bunch of uh, stuff to to talk about uh, as far as the Sin Club and Patreon and things like that. What, 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 what we need to tell the people, Barrett? What do we need to tell the people about Patreon? You listen to me, listeners. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's the thing: if you want this content that you're listening to, if you want that early, if you want bonus podcast stuff, if you want bonus videos, if mm-hmm. you want to get into Sin Week. And watch us send bonus videos that nobody else can access. Mm-hmm. And trust me, especially this year, it mm-hmm. will make you horny okay. for this content. Mm-hmm. Sign up for the Sin Club, mm-hmm. which is on patreon.com slash cinemasins. You can sign up for $3, $5, $10, and it gets you access to all kinds of crazy stuff. All the videos early, all the podcast stuff early. Uh, the bonus content, man, it's so good. You have to sign up to get it. And then you be a member of our community, our SENS community. And uh, we will welcome you and we will love you and, and we will caress you, but, and but, but from afar. We have an annual deal, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the coolest part. So if you sign up right now, there's a, a new thing the Patreon put on there. You can sign up for an annual plan and get two months free, two months free. If you sign up as an annual member, that's 50%. Yeah. Yeah. Really not. No, it works out. It's <laughs> not no checks. That was a joke. Don't Tracks. take that Tracks. seriously. <laughs> so sign up, go to patreoncom slash cinema and sign up to be a member of our sin club. And you, you'll get more interaction with us with the quote B team you know, we'll we'll take we'll take care of you. We'll take care of you. Everybody's doing we'll it. We'll hook you up. Everybody's mm-hmm. doing it, and yeah. uh, you should too. Yeah. And uh, I did want to mention that uh, in the past year, we've gotten uh, uh, quite a bit of uh, mail and some gifts here and there from uh, people out there uh, uh, on uh, sending to our PO box. Which, by the way, if you want to send stuff, Cinema sends PO box nine two four six six. Nashville, Tennessee, three seven two zero nine. 
uh we've gotten a bunch of mail people people sending sins for their own for their own movies man they're sending not their own movies but they're sending their own sins for movies and stuff like that and uh they're they're uh, you know telling us what's up and everything appreciate the letters guys i love reading uh letters from people and we've gotten some gifts uh you know uh, one of our patreon members sent us a sent a, Sil- a silmarillion <laughs> to, to me uh, 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 there's a, there's a book called humankind that came in. I don't know who said that, but thank you, uh, mm-hmm. for sending that. And, uh, you know, we have, uh, the, the, the PO box. It's not like we've gotten tons and tons and tons of mail, but, uh, the ones that we've gotten in or have been, they've been some pretty cool things that have come in through there. Mm-hmm. So nice. Uh, thank you very much for, uh, for doing that. Uh, and then anything else that we need to, any other kind of business, biz we have to uh, take your vitamins. Take your vitamins. <laughs> yeah, I got nothing. Now, are we going to talk about merch on this one, or no? Let's talk briefly about merch because I know people mm-hmm. are, are wanting to see if we're answering their questions or what kind of ridiculous thing I have to say today. Uh, but we do have a merch store. We don't talk about it a lot because we don't want to be like overbearing. Uh, but we've got a variety of shirts. Uh, it's all really high-quality stuff. We've got beanies with our Pitchfork M logo on them. Um, and uh, <clears throat> i tell you what, I personally bought some because I'm a whore for my own uh, company, uh, mm-hmm. but also it's comfortable shit, man. Yeah, it is. Um, and I find myself wearing these shirts over and over as opposed to my older T-shirts uh, just because the quality of the fabric is really mm-hmm. soft. And mm-hmm. find our store by going to our website, cinemasins.com. There's a link up at the top right to the store. Click that, and you're good to go. And uh, just wanted to mention that briefly. So thank you. Yeah. All right. So let's uh, let's get into rants, and then we'll get into some questions and stuff like yeah. that. So, uh, so uh, what, have you, what are you guys pissed off about this week? I'm as mad as hell. You've never seen me very upset. Barrett? If you if you haven't heard, um, mm. there was uh, an insur- one of them insurrections at the the Capitol, uh, the U.S. Capitol, uh, as we record this last week, last Wednesday, January sixth. And uh, I was interested. You know, this is <laughs> such an unusual time. I was interested in watching the Congress certify the results of the electors uh, just because such a ceremonious uh, BS thing that, that nobody ever watches, even the most diehard, you know, uh, politician or political junkie doesn't watch this stuff because it's ceremonial. But because of all the, the jibber jabber going around, uh, I decided to throw on CNN and, and watch it uh, as I was working, I was in the office, had it on the TV I was like, hey, all right. You knew they were going to object and and uh, do this dog and pony show and whatever. Then about uh, uh, noon 30 central time or so, uh, my wife had also been watching this. And she was saying, Barrett, uh, look at this. And so I go in and, and I've seen that, you know, some of them have been ushered out. And <clears throat> from that point on, pretty much, I went back and forth a few times, but from that point on, I could not look away from the news and it wasn't anxiety producing or anything like that, you know, besides fearing for people's lives, obviously, <clears throat> but it was just so unusual that, you know, in real time, you could hear the correspondent saying, 
Those people are on the stairs that you're not allowed to be on ever, let alone if there's a, a session of Congress going on right now. Uh, and then you start seeing the more violent stuff. And then it starts just going, you know, accelerating. And then you start seeing the pictures of them in the Senate chamber and all the, the violence uh, getting into it. And it was just honestly one of the most unusual days I've ever had, um, especially watching it unfold on the news. And I got glued to CNN, honestly, uh, for the first hour or so. And CNN was was very forthcoming about this is sedition, this is insurrection, this is illegal. Um, what is happening here? This is, uh, you know, certain politicians' fault. Um, and so I said, yeah, yeah I want to get a different point of view. So I put it on Fox News. Fox News at the time was reporting the exact same thing. They were reporting on uh, the break-ins. They were reporting on the violence. They were reporting on... You know, the Congress people that have been ushered out of there switched to the CBS. Same thing. About 45 minutes later, and this is the end of my rant, and I want to get your perspective. About 45 minutes later, you started hearing the call ins on Fox and on CNN and on NBC and on MSNBC. And that's where it diverged. That's predictably, you could say. But. When it came to this particular incident, I was hoping that it wouldn't be predictably. But you started hearing on certain channels that it was Antifa or it was crisis actors uh, that were involved with this. On other channels, you started hearing that uh, President Trump should be thrown in jail and so should the objectors in Congress. And it's it started down that path and it it honestly didn't. It didn't deviate from that path from that point forward, and it still hasn't. You, you expect something like that on Twitter, and I was following a little bit uh, online, but I haven't watched that much TV in decades. I really honestly think the last time I watched that much TV was 9-11. And mm-hmm. it, was, it was, quote, refreshing, but it was also weird to say, like, I'm going to watch news networks this whole time instead of going to Twitter because Twitter was honestly behind Uh, the news networks were reporting in real time and people on the ground and stuff like that. Anyway, I wanted to decry that obviously the, 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 the ways that they've branched off uh, into their own spin, but I also wanted to get you guys's um, opinion on how you reacted to it, what you think, uh, how you think it was covered, and, you know, where we're at today. Um, I think you know, because we were talking about this, uh, that I didn't watch much news because it was making me anxious. Mm. Um, I think I'm just, <clears throat> I think I'm just frustrated with the way information travels these days and, and, and we talked about this briefly a week or two ago uh, when Chris's rant was people jumping to conclusions about the Christmas day bomb in Nashville mm-hmm. and, and how uh, false information spreads faster and further and it gets corrected three or four hours later and spreads one tenth as far. Um, and so there are, 
angry people who genuinely believe this election was stolen from Trump because he and many others have just said that for the last month and a half mm-hmm. over and over and over. Fox News has let it be repeated and several other elected Republican officials have repeated it over and over. There is no proof. There have been some 61 lawsuits. Uh, all but one of them were lost, uh, tossed out of court. Uh, so the so the lie, the false information, then changes to they wouldn't even hear our evidence uh, when there was no evidence. And I think the president bears a lot of responsibility, and I don't think he knows it because I think he's sick, and I think he's a complete megalomaniac who's incapable of seeing right and wrong, and refuses to admit that he lost this election and that directly led to this violence and will probably lead to more violence. Um, And, you know, it wasn't that long ago that a politician who looked the camera in the eye and lied a provably false thing would be called out by both parties. It wasn't that long ago. No, it certainly Um, wasn't. And uh, I just feel like, at this point, at least the, the Republican side of things are just trying to stay in power. And um, <clears throat> it's sad because I think it sets a dangerous precedent for the future. But I, I, I can't watch the news of that stuff. I couldn't watch the news of the, the Nashville bombing stuff unfold. It just made, it makes me anxious um, for a variety of reasons. But um yeah, there were lawmakers inside that building whose lives were in danger who actually said things that led to that event, yeah. encouraged that. Right, right. Yeah. It makes no sense to me. Um, but, you know, we've arrived at a place. And again, this is not the first domino. The first domino, at least that I can remember, I'm sure there was one previous, was the Bush-Gore election, uh, which was challenged in court and ultimately decided by one county. Um, <clears throat> that led to this idea that, well, we can challenge elections. And if it had been a lot closer, those challenges could have held up, mm-hmm. uh, could have lasted longer in court. Um, but uh, there's there's literally no evidence of any there, – there is very little evidence of any vote tampering, nothing that would amount to even 1% of what would be needed to overturn the election. Um, and I'm just done, man. If I could take a pill and wake up on the 21st, I would do it. I'm exhausted. Yeah, I um, I I I'm I'm the exact opposite. I, I'll watch everything. I watch everything, and mainly, and, and it's not because I enjoy watching uh, this type of thing, but I always feel like I need to watch all the things when they're talking about. Well, this person got shot. Here's video of it. I watch it. Um, and, uh, just so that I can get some context, I don't do this with everything, but I did it on this one. Uh, I've seen nearly every video that I can possibly see of what went on inside that they have shown so far. Um, and it was way worse than what we were seeing on the live, Mm -hmm. uh, stuff because the live stuff was all, here's a bunch of people on the Capitol steps and they're, they're yelling and they are waving flags and stuff that uh, in of itself is like, okay, that's, that's bad, but it's, there's nothing really, really bad happening. But then you go inside and 
even the inside images they were showing, there were just people strolling through lobbies and stuff like that. And it wasn't anything. But then you start seeing all the stuff that where there's people like trying to break through doors and trying to, uh, and, and, and telling cops that they're traitors and, and, uh, all these different types of things. I was just like, okay, yeah, yeah. I, and and now we know there was way worse stuff going on mm-hmm. in there and would have been way worse had certain, just like certain people not intervened. I saw an, I saw a, a video of a guy of a, of a Capitol police officer who was, was sort of like holding the mob down basically. And, you know, he, he, he pulled out his baton and would like sit there and threaten the main guy that was coming after him as he was going up the steps and, and this guy knew that they were all just kind of, they were all looking for, uh, you know, they were looking for senators. They were looking for, uh, you know, people to, uh, kidnap and whatever at this point. And this cop, like I had seen this image so many times, but I didn't see like the aftermath of it. He leads that mob into another room that that they didn't want to go to, but they thought that he was trying to guard mm-hmm. and they got met with other Capitol police people in that, in that room. Yeah. Eugene and, Goodman was his name. Oh my God, my God. That saw that video, just the half of that video with him pushing the dude and all that. And didn't see the end of it ever. And then finally I saw the end of it and I was like, why didn't we see that shit? Yeah. Yeah. You know, for the longest time, uh, obviously we could spend a whole couple hours of what I think about this whole thing. There's so many different things. Obviously what it comes down to is misinformation is the problem. And I've been talking about this. I think, I think there's been a ton of people talking about this on Twitter for years about how we have a group of people who believe one thing and cannot be uh, cured of it. And then we have another group of people who, more or less <laughs> because we still don't know everything us libs don't know everything either uh but you know we i had that discussion earlier in the year one of my rants was talking about how uh we need each other we need to have we need to have uh you know we need someone if i'm in the matrix someone needs to pull me out right mm-hmm. and if they're in the matrix they need to realize that they're in the matrix and get pulled out like where do, we, where do we so i will was, pull out for you <laughs> sweet sweet but um the, the the that's ultimately to me what the main problem is people believing things that are easily refuted but they keep going down a rabbit hole anyway um the to me when you have people who have especially in georgia people who were ardent trump supporters and they say, well, you didn't win the election. That's pretty damning evidence to me. (laughs) Like I don't. And then of course, then it becomes, well, who got to them? Who got to those people uh, to tell, you know, to, to, you know, to give them Georgia and they don't, he not Trump gets, by the way, if Trump gets Georgia, he still doesn't win. That's what's so insane about all of this. So like, so like, and I, and you know, I still have, I had thoughts about what if Georgia had gone Trump's way, would these people that we're holding up as heroes right now in Georgia, would they 
would they be on that side of people saying, Oh, that must've gotten stolen in the other States and all that. Would they, would they be on that side if that had happened? Well, Stacey Abrams, you know, and her camp believe that her gubernatorial run was stolen because the, the Republican attorney general or secretary of state at the time threw out 300,000 votes. And, um, so, I mean, yes, I think that maybe they would have. But would they have been violent about it? Would they have, you know, the, the crazy thing to me with the misinformation is the only elections that were stolen were the swing states. Every yeah. other election and every senator and every Republican congressman that won, those elections weren't stolen. The only ones that were stolen were the five states where Trump lost. Right. Um, and I, what, I've, I've, what I've been saying for a very long time, too, about people who believe in the deep state and all this other type of stuff. I'm like, if, if there was a deep state as, as powerful as you guys have portrayed, Republicans would never win another election anywhere, mm. by the way, that's how powerful deep state it, you have described is. And then you can get into whole, like, well, they're trying to make it look good. If I'm the deep, if I'm the deep state, why would I care if it looked good or not? No, you're the deep. I state. wouldn't. Yeah. I wouldn't care. I yeah. wouldn't care. I have the power. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I don't need you to win. I don't need you to win to make me look good because I just, I just, I'm just going to have every, I'm going to have all my people win. Mm-hmm. So I, I'll, I'll never understand this people believing in the deep state. And then like, and again, we, and that was another part of a rant that I had before was just like, if you're in this situation where you're like, okay, well I grant that, but, and then you go down this other little thing. And then you say that, well, maybe it's this, you're in a conspiracy. You have to get out. Of, you have to get out of this whole, well, what about this happening? And what about that happening? Go find the hard evidence. That's what, that's what, that's what re- America's really about, right? Finding real evidence. It doesn't matter how much you think something happened. Show me the, show me the hard evidence. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Uh, it, it can't, it, it can't be people saying they think they saw something and that's the evidence that's how many that's how that's what a lot of this is being based on yeah or even even bad intentioned like here's a photograph of somebody dumping ballots in a river and it turns out to be like a preacher dumping extra church (laughs) pamphlets from 1985 or what i'm making all that up there have been video and photograph (laughs) presented as evidence that turned out to be completely unrelated to even elections um so there's, it's not just, it's not just, I mean, it's, it's intentional misinformation um, that then gets recycled as, you know, just misinformation. As uh, many people have uh, been pointing out on Twitter too, with all this, when the, when they were objecting to some of these uh, senators were, and uh, representatives were objecting to the election results uh it's that their their objection is based on well the people out there that i that my constituents think that there is something wrong with this election and the reason why they (laughs) this is what's never said the reason why they think there's something wrong with the election is because of shit that you keep saying yeah you can't keep just you know it's it's a it's a circular argument um so I, you know, I, like I said, we could talk about this for two hours, maybe even longer if we wanted to, because there's so many different aspects to this whole thing. Mm-hmm. I'm a little worried about how many people are, uh, 
you know, who are supposed to protect us are on this side mm. of people who want to be in the insurrection and everything. Uh, I'm a little worried about that because, you know, you know, you know that you have military forces and police forces who are fractured in many ways mm-hmm. that some of them believe this shit and you're going to have to battle them too, uh, in this whole thing. And it's all because of uh, someone, you know, telling a bunch of wild lies and, and it's sticking. It is. And, and my, my point of the rant was that the, co- the coverage itself um, briefly coming together about what was happening at the time and then mm-hmm. predictably diverging, Le- learning nothing, obviously. Um, yeah. Some of them learning nothing. Uh, I won't, you know, I, I will say that, you know, there are some that, that seem neutral and fact-based. They're a news organization. They could have just been pointing it out. Uh, at this point, something like NPR can basically be fact checked. They can talk to people that were there. They can talk to that kind of thing. So there are somewhat neutral uh, folks out there. Uh, but the fact that everybody went in their own direction within hours, I mean, just within a couple of hours of this very, very unusual thing happening at the bastion of democracy uh, was was disappointing. You saw it in 9-11. You saw it in the aftermath. Uh, but you saw it much, much later afterwards. Um, so, yeah, it's yeah. crazy. Because there was, a, there was a, a, a good unification of everybody after that happened. Mm-hmm. And then, then you started seeing the splits into, like, how much you loved America or not by how much, you know, like, hatred you could spew. Mm-hmm. And it started that started going down that path pretty quickly after after nine eleven. Yeah. I'll tell you what: when they threw the fucking American flag on the ground from the second story, I got mad on Colin Kaepernick's behalf, like real hard, because <laughs> mm-hmm. he protested by taking a knee, and they made him a pariah. And they protested b- because they said he was disrespecting the flag, and they yeah. threw that flag on the ground to put the Trump flag up in its place, and yep. that. Is it, again? It, there's a fancy fucking name for how you hold two competing thoughts in your head at the same time. I can't think of cognitive right dissonance. Cognitive dissonance. <laughs> I recognize that's a thing, but man, when you when you leave the realm of facts, then I lose respect for you. This is why. I mean, it was cute when the people who d- ignored facts were flat earthers, right? That was mm-hmm. cute. They don't believe the Earth is round. It's not cute anymore when you just don't believe facts about elections <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. and you just decide to make up an alternate reality so that you can get violent. It's scary. Can we talk well, about a lot, of, <laughs> a lot of the things that, a lot of the things that we've heard matter so much uh, to this group of people who were storming the Capitol and everything went away uh, during all of it. Uh, the mm-hmm. blue lives matter. The, mm-hmm the the respect for the flag all these different things because it's under the pretense of revolution right yeah. they, they you know like under revolution all that stuff that i believed in before doesn't matter anymore what a shitty revolution like there's been like a rock revolution there's been like the free love revolution there's there's been really nice revolutions before like the hamilton 
revolution. This is a shitty revolution, man. It's a bunch it of people is. walking around with fucking cell phones and uh, and podiums and shit. That's shitty. Yeah, That's it's a, a shitty it's a, it was shitty that day, but remember, uh, there's all sorts of stuff right now planned to go on beyond this. Mm. So it's not over. That's the problem with all this. There's not it's anything. Not. <clears throat> My hope is that uh, we're better prepared. Right, because they're starting to shut down some places, and there's supposed to be ten thousand National Guard in the city by like tomorrow. Yeah, um, and we didn't have any of that on the sixth, and what we had was the Capitol Police, who, you know, I don't want to say anything bad about, but mm. they didn't mm. do. Oh, they didn't all do a great job. Mm. Yeah, um, mm. but. Yeah, it's not over. It's scary. I think even once the dust settles and we're into 2022, it's not over. I think even the next time a Republican wins the presidency, it's not over. Or I think we're in this scary future where people who want to ignore facts are just going to keep doing it and screaming louder. What if we all move to New Zealand? They seem like they got their shit together in New Zealand. Oh, shit, man. They're already back open wide. They're already... They already ended everything. They got like a they ended everything. <laughs> they got like a thirty-seven-year-old president or something like that, and she just into something, and uh, yeah. and they've got adorable accents, and they've got hobbits running around. It's not true. Yeah, I was yeah. told there was yeah, hobbits there. No, that's not true. Oh, that's not. Well, they have mountains I, and and things. Just and lied to me. Um, <laughs> I want to get to the questions as fast as possible. Um, let me lightning round my rant, which is super important in the face of everything we just talked mm-hmm. about. Um, I made a ham and white beans uh, soup the other day. And as I go to make it, I'm throwing everything in the crock pot and I get the cro- I get the can opener out and I go to the closet and I get my two cans of white beans out and I bring them over to the counter and I go to apply the can opener, and they're pull tabs. Yeah, they are. And I'm just – all I really want to rant about is uh, we need unification of the pull tabs or non-pull tab cans. I don't understand why there's two kinds. If I don't have to keep that fucking can opener in my drawer, I don't want to. I why fucking agree with you. I still this? agree with you. Yes. It's a can of white beans. It was a store brand can of white beans. If yeah. the public can fucking afford to put a pull tab on their beans – then all brands can do that, and there should be no need for a can opener. Obviously, you prefer the pull tabs, like a normal human being, correct? Sure. It's yes. easier. I don't have to keep a clumsy, large piece of shit in my drawer. Correct. And the the higher tier brands, the Del Montes, the, the fucking, that kind of thing, they don't have the pull tabs. But mm-hmm. the, the shitty Publix or Kroger brand does mm-hmm. have the pull tabs. But mm-hmm. on some of their vegetables, not all their vegetables. Yep. And I was it's making a big beautiful. vegetable soup and I was jerking off this can and I was jerking off this can and I was pulling mm-hmm. things and I was pulling mm-hmm. that. But then all of a sudden, the last can, can opener time. I'm like, fuck mm-hmm. you. Yep. Not mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. It's, I just want unification. Like that. That's all I'm saying. Uh, It should be the same across the board. It cannot be that expensive. Uh, I'm willing to pay the three cents extra. Uh, Del Monte, if you're listening. Um, And you know they are. I don't understand why once that was invented, it didn't just become universal. Uh, Because a can opener is really bulky and one note. It only does one (laughs) fucking job. (laughs) And it takes up... 
the, the space of four different kitchen tools in my drawer. And if I don't have to keep it around, I'm not going to yeah. throw that bitch out and just pull tab my way to heaven. And that's my rant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is something that I, I don't run into on a daily basis at all. The only thing that I have can wise is, is uh cat food and, and it's all, it's all pop top. Uh, mm-hmm. As it know. should be. Yeah. As it should be, because you go frozen veggies most of the time, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've moved in that direction, but man, canned food lasts for like, you know, 16 years and all that <laughs> and all that. And, and mm-hmm. there should be just a little pop top because we've set the precedent for mm-hmm. a pop top. Mm-hmm. Just everybody adhere to that and everything will be much, much better. Imagine, imagine pulling a Coke out of the fridge and you have to use a can opener to get into that shit. Yeah. Oh Jesus. Oh, and then having to and then having to drink the 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 can from a like thing that can cut you. <laughs> they put them on all the soft drinks. Yeah. That was exactly. the of the tab rule. Let's do the cross cans. <laughs> oh, like um I'm gonna get uh back into some some traffic ranting today. Ooh. Um there is, it, this doesn't happen often, but it's, uh, you know, it's a, a very specific place in, uh, in Nashville. Uh, Barrett is very familiar with this Nashville West, uh, shopping. Uh, there's a, you know, it's a big, huge, uh, complex of restaurants and, and, uh, and, uh, like pieces of malls, basically. <laughs> like it's all <laughs> sorts of like different the strip mall. Everybody's got them. The target, the Dick sporting goods, the best buy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. DSW. Uh, and, all that. and, uh, and so there's this one spot, uh, near, near Sam's club where there is a, a lane where you're driving one way, another lane where you're driving the other way. And in the middle, there's a lane where you can turn from those lanes. Or if you're like, you know, turning left or whatever, you can use that as a safe spot to get past one lane while you wait for the other lane to clear off and you can go off and, and drive after that and everything. It's a useful lane, that middle lane. Because that's not, <laughs> useful lane, there are, That's right. There's no, there's no traffic there or anything. But one weird thing that keeps happening to me when I drive out there is I'll be driving towards where sam's club is and i don't go to sam's club i have like pet smart and Publix and all this other stuff that i'm going to but there'll be somebody in front of me wanting to turn left into sam's club and instead of using that useful lane they stay in the lane where you're driving to turn mm, left i've seen this and they block you from continuing going which you could do if they would just get over in the fucking middle lane. <laughs> and I don't understand this behavior and I don't understand why it happens here so often. I don't know. Is it old people? I don't understand what it is. Um, like I got to turn left. I'm going to just sit. I'm going to make everybody behind me wait, even though there's a lane I could get into right now that would bl- unblock the whole lane. That's not right. That's it's not That's right. It. I don't like it because you've got two of them. You've got the ones, that, and I think I hate to correct you, but I th- it's a Costco. It's not a sandwich. Oh, it's right a Costco. There. Okay, all right. Uh, same thing. Uh, but there's there's the lane to uh, turn in to get gas, and then there's mm-hmm. one lane that goes to the store, and then there's one that goes to the liquor store right next to it, and then there's mm-hmm. another lane that goes to the other side of the store. And yes, every time people will sit in that fucking regular right-hand lane instead of getting into the useful middle lane. And I, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. 
It it I nah, I hate it. I hate it. Well, and maybe they are old old people. Yeah, let's and and then also I'll never understand. I don't. I feel like this is a Tennessee only thing. When they when they decide that they're going to build a, a shopping complex like this or whatever, they're like, let's not make it where there's just straight drives everywhere. Let's put wild curves everywhere so that we can just. I don't yeah. know what the point is when you come out of that PetSmart and you go onto this this with one road where the Costco is and everything. Um. You, if you want to, you pull out to look to see if people are coming a lot of times, and it's like hard to actually really see if people are coming because there's a, it's an S curve. That's how ridiculous it is. And, uh, and sometimes you'll get up there and go, oh, nobody's coming. And then somebody will come out of that, like that bend. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, I didn't even see that car. What the fuck? Anyway, uh, that, that was, that's a small rant. I don't, uh, I don't, I don't get too busy, uh, you know, getting angry about a lot of things other than the shit that Barrett was talking about these days. So <laughs> anyway, uh, it, yeah, it's time to, to go into that mailbag. Let's do some questions. Question. Question. I got something to say. I am listening. Listen, we're going to empty our sacks because we've been, our sacks have been building up mm-hmm. for quite some time. Mm-hmm. We haven't gotten to all the questions that you guys have sent in. I even tweeted out a request for a bunch of questions, which I got wonderful responses to, and we didn't get time to really mm-hmm. get to any of them uh, last week. So we will be emptying our sacks uh, all into your ear holes uh, for your pleasure. So here's the first one. I like this. I love all these. These are going to be fun. What is a movie scene that just creeps you the fuck out? Mm-hmm. None of the violence or gore or anything. Uh, but in the Kill Bill series, something really bothers this person. Uh, the Beatrix Kiddo, uh, who he calls Mia Wallace in this question, uh, she squishes, uh, splashes eyeball, Daryl Hannah's eyeball, uh, between her toes, and it makes this person. This person knows the uh, the person that are asking the question. <laughs> we do. <laughs> it makes this person squirm every time. So, what is a scene that's not otherwise in like a horror movie or something like that uh, that just creeps you out? Every time there is some sort of like bad thing that uh, that the uh, character drinks or eats. Uh, in, in a movie, I cringe. There's a scene in road trip where DJ Qualls complains about his breakfast and then they take it back and he starts putting the like French toast in his pants and he licks it and all sorts of bullshit. And then he brings it, they bring it back out to him. And of course he eats it and he's like, "Mm, it's good. It's good. And, uh, and then, um, Austin powers, there's a scene where he drinks shit, a bit nutty. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and even, yeah, like even after he's been informed of it, he's just like, oh, whatever. You know, it's just a bit nutty. And then, uh, and then, of course, Stifler, uh, drinks Thomas Ian Nicholas's, uh, baby batter. Yo, what is uh, up with that whole sequence of the, uh, what are they doing? Heavy petting he and Tara Reed is, yeah, your baby batter come and kill Jeremy. (laughs) <laughs> I think it did. supposed to be about creepy, not gross, and now I want to vomit. Uh, <laughs> okay, they're doing like heavy petting, like uh, 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 Rookie of the Year and uh, fucking uh, Tara Reid. 
yeah, and yeah. Thomas Ian Nichols. Um, and so when he has to go, he grabs the cup from beside the bed, which is full of beer, right? Yeah. And he says, and just, this is the best option I've got. Yeah, exactly. Instead of going to a bathroom like a regular person. Or even into he, the sheets. Or even on yeah. her I'm just um, saying he had better he, options than a full he did. cup of he did. beer right next to the of course, thing. He does that, and then Stifler goes in, and then he he drinks it because they're because he's about to have sex with a girl, and and then uh, he he just casually takes a drink from that beer that's on the dressing table, and it's yeah. So yeah, anything like that. And it's why I've never watched Pink Flamingos. It's uh, the reason yeah. why I've never watched Human Centipede. It's there's different, re- the, you know, those type of things. You tell me beforehand, like if I had not known about that stuff, I probably would have watched those movies by now. But every time I, there's a thought about watching either of those movies. It's it, I think about, oh, well, there's going to be that going on. And I don't mm. really want to see that. <laughs> that going uh, on. Yes. Mm-hmm, yeah. The baby batter. <laughs> what mm. do you think, Jeremy? Just tell me right now, are yours gross? Because I'll just take my headphones off when it's your turn. No, I don't think so. Not, okay. not like graphically. I totally, I totally understand what you're going for there. I misinterpreted or interpreted the creepiness differently. So I went with a scene that does not make me want to vomit. Um, the uh, in Zodiac, there are like six scenes I could have chosen, <laughs> but the the attack during daylight in the park um, when the couple's having the picnic, and at first they just see the guy staring at him behind the tree. That fucking scene creeps me the fuck mm-hmm. out. That wakes me out more than the later scene where he thinks he's in the basement of Zodiac's house, which is a creepy scene. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's something about the daylight and the, the just the calm demeanor of the killer. And uh, ugh, what is the, the deal with that? It's, it's been way too long since I've seen Zodiac. He kills that family, right? But they just, yeah, they're a, just going about their business and they see the, the, the it's a couple and they're like, romantically laying on a blanket in the park and he approaches them, <laughs> zip ties them and stabs them. Oh, one of them, yeah, yeah. One of them lived uh, in real life. Uh, and that's how we know uh, all the accurate details of this particular attack. Ah, that's right. That's right. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, and, and if you were to, uh, I think you uh, interpreted this question accurately, uh, Jeremy, I, I don't, know if there's very many things that unsettle me very much mm. creep that that like the eyeball thing. the eyeball thing is 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 pretty gross though well i don't uh, think you were even trying to be gross you were talking more like fingernail on a chalkboard for you moments right yeah yeah and it's stuff yeah. that makes me kind of go like you know <laughs> twitch a little bit because it's so <laughs> your uh, eye starts twitching <laughs> so there's a there's a chance there's a chance that i'm misreading this question but that but the if you're th- if you're talking about what makes me feel the same way this person does when they see a eyeball getting squished that's what that's sort of what i'm getting at yeah so. it's unsettling i've always had uh, well speaking of stabbing and inserting yourself uh i've always had an issue with the heart ripping scene from temple of doom 
Oh, mm. the hum or whatever it is. And he gets in there and he's like, <laughs> and because Kalima. the guy, uh, what is it? Kalima. Kalima. Uh, <laughs> because the guy's still alive and he's like, what? <laughs> and he pulls it out and yeah. he's like looking at his heart and he's like, that's not cool. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and so that, and especially in, wasn't that a PG movie at the time? Because I watched it when I was young, and I was like, huh. Yeah, it was a movie that was very uh, instrumental in uh, bringing about the PG-13 rating. Uh, And I can't remember. I think it was was Red Dawn that ended up being the first one. I can't Uh, remember what. Wasn't it it, uh, um, uh, Last Crusade was one of the first ones? No. Or was it before Um, that? This is always this is one of those questions that always gets mixed up because the movies that were responsible for it yeah. were not rated PG thirteen, right? right. The, and then the movie that did come out as PG thirteen after that was uh, something else. A Temple of Doom, man. I ain't got no time for that. I can, I can, I can skip that whole thing. Similarly, you were talking about stabbing. I can't, I can't do it. I can't watch somebody be stabbed. I can't. Mm-hmm. And, and especially when it's slow, I've already mentioned the, I can't even like, you know how you get like a weird thing in the back of your teeth when you, you can't handle something. I can't mm-hmm. handle this. Uh, the, the scene in saving private Ryan where uh, Adam, oh, Adam Goldberg yeah. and Steph can't do it. Can't do it. I can't even talk about oh, it. Oh yeah. That's uh, a good one. And similar thing happens to the, the gray, uh, character in Snowpiercer. I hate that scene for, on multiple levels. First of all, the dude is a badass and should be kicking the old dude's ass. They just came back from the dead. But he finds a way to f- turn the knife around on him and slowly get it into his body. I can't, I know it's an attract or an attractable, a retractable knife, but I'm like, aha. Ah, mm-hmm. ah, can't do Don't it. Don't ever watch me play Grand Theft Auto Five because knife is my weapon of choice. Well, you don't like slowly stick it into them, though, you know. No, there's no button for that. You just you, know, you would the, if you could. <laughs> yeah. you know, always the same, uh, uh, like an uppercut stab. And I will, I will say, uh, trying not to spoil the whole thing, but the end of the Strangers uh, has something very, very similar. I won't say which characters are involved, but it's just a very mm-hmm. and and oh, ah, yeah. no no it hurts. Same here, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. Three months after Temple of Doom came out, they invented the PG thirteen rating for Red Dawn. Yeah, wow. dude, Temple of Doom oh. is the PG thirteeniest movie ever made. Apparently, I remember reading about Temple of Doom and Spielberg and Lucas were both going through divorces during the time that they wrote uh, Temple of Doom. So they made it the darkest shit ever. So anyway, I mean, it's um, enjoyable. I enjoy watching it. I don't even mind like all even though it's racist as hell. I don't mind the dinner scene. I don't mind the spiders and, and all that stuff. But uh, but the, the <laughs> briefly. The, the heart thing, not so much. Not yeah, so much. yeah, yeah. And it's got uh, Temple of Dooms has got a got a, got a lot of follow got a lot of following these days. People, mm-hmm. a lot of people like it the best. I, uh, do I briefly thought about bringing up spiders, but it's so it's like so funny the way they do it. Like Cable Guy when he's talking to him <laughs> on the phone. That's so great. I'm just so <laughs> tired, <laughs> Stephen. 
so very tired. Here's a fun one. Favorite pro athlete performance in any movie or TV show? I was, uh, I feel like there were a lot on the league for some reason, but I don't remember like anything standing out, like because they were all just. Anyway, they were all comic versions of themselves. No, I mean, there was uh, Chad Ochocinco was on there one time. Uh, there was, mm-hmm. a, it wasn't Jay Cutler and Jay- Kristen Cavallari. Oh, that's funny. And, yeah. Uh, Adrian Peterson was on yeah, there. Yeah. I mean, there was a bunch of people. Uh, but the first first one that came up to in my mind was Ray Allen and he got game. Yeah. Oh. He's not great in this movie by any stretch. He's not great. And a lot of people point out, he's kind of the weakest maybe part of the movie or whatever but i like the performance and it's not like he's it's a big stretch for him he's a high school basketball Mm -hmm. recruit uh in that movie and he and i think he does perfectly fine in it uh and uh, it's the first performance that came up in my head when i was thinking about this and i thought he was really good that movie's really good i think possibly underrated um and uh, and then I thought of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar in Airplane. Nice, uh, <laughs> yo, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar has good appearances. I think one of his first one was in a Bruce Lee movie. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, that all he had to do was fight. But he was in the Stand miniseries uh, briefly, and he was good in that. He's, mm-hmm. I think, he's hilarious in in uh, in Airplane, doing what yeah, he's he supposed is. to do. I think I yeah. think he's got. Uh, I don't know all the other things he's been in, but I think he's got a pretty good handle on this acting thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I briefly also <laughs> thought of OJ Simpson and the naked gun. You can't, the, you can't the, discount that, you know, the, uh, I mean, yeah, to say what you want about OJ Simpson, the man, uh, the, in the naked gun, it's, it's tough to be, to know how to play these characters in these movies. Um, because it's, it's easy to be like, which is what you would start seeing in a lot of later, uh, like spoof movies, people doing the whole, like looking up to the sky and indicating that there was a joke and all that type of stuff that was going on. But OJ Simpson never lets on. There's anything crazy going. Of course he, most of the time he's just getting his, you know, his ass completely pummeled. <laughs> yeah in these movies but uh but uh it's i think it's really hard to pull those off but uh anyway there you go that's a good one that's a good one i am gonna go with uh, andre the giant in princess bride Mm -hmm. who Mm -hmm. may have only been tasked with playing andre the giant i don't know i didn't watch wrestling at that point in time um i think he's doing a little acting uh it may be the case of better casting than great acting but regardless it's one of the most memorable performances by an athlete i think i've ever seen uh especially for a, a wrestler i think you know hulk hogan has been in some movies poorly uh, <laughs> no john, john cena's early stuff wasn't great the rock is probably the most successful wrestler turned actor uh, you could pick a number of his performances uh Dude who plays Drax, I forgot his name. He's pretty decent. Dave Batista. Oh. Yeah, Batista. But um, yeah, I think Andre the Giant, in terms of just like memorable and lasting, um, it's got to be up there with Kareem and 
airplane, I think, in terms of just a classic role in a classic movie. Wasn't there some stories of uh, Andre the Giant's prodigious drinking on the uh, uh, set of Princess Bride and everything? Yeah, like, he could just drink. I mean, it was an insane amount and would not be phased by it. It took a lot to get him, uh, you know, on there. And I think the the scene when uh wesley is on his on his back and all that that he's supposed to be super drunk in that maybe i'm i can't oh, remember wow. which scene it is <laughs> that uh that uh he's supposed oh, to when they wrestle i think i've heard that yeah. too uh certainly he's been known um to be a, a heavy drinker that would be frustrating man like to be able to drink 12 beers and feel nothing i would just be like fuck <laughs> you yeah, i can spend another 25 dollars i don't like beer that much yeah <laughs> of course you it's funny we mentioned you mentioned andre the giant i i, I didn't ever see this movie and i heard it was bad but billy crystal later did a movie based on his relationship with andre the giant called my giant that had george oh, yeah. Harris on in it yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, but nobody saw that. No, so. nobody no, saw no, that. No, nobody saw yeah. that one. Um, or the, is that the same one where he's like an NBA referee? <laughs> Let's forget, forget Paris. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, nobody saw anything Billy Crystal made in that <laughs> five-year period. Right. I was thinking about. Uh, I haven't seen this movie, so it's not my pick. But um, in the writer, isn't that guy or wasn't that guy a professional Fuck. bull rider? I should have picked this. Yeah, I'm, I'm really impressed that you remembered that, and I should have picked this. Yeah, he was a bull rider who, um, essentially, he's playing a version, a fictionalized version of himself. He suffered a, a, a terrible brain injury while riding, and you know it's not quite as serious as the one his character has, where his character's not even supposed to ride a horse anymore. Mm. Clearly, this guy rode a horse to film the movie. Uh, that very good call. Yes, he was a professional bull rider, and he's great in that movie. He was pro- okay. That's interesting. Uh, well, I, I think this qualifies, even though I think Jeremy said that it didn't. Um, my first thought was Jason Lee, uh, because he, you think about, uh, I've heard Kevin Smith so many times say that Jason Lee came into audition for Mallrats, and they were like, where'd this guy come from? And, and uh, I guess it was Scott Mosier or somebody said he was a professional skateboarder. He just decided I wanted to do acting. And he came in and just nailed the the part that, that he ended up uh, getting. He's so funny, but that was his first performance. It was his first movie performance, at least. And before that, he was a no bullshit, like professional skateboarder. And uh, I guess really talented at it, but he's also a really talented actor. And, you know, once he got through the, the view askew averse and everything, like, uh, obviously, he's, he's the best part of Mallrats. Um, and he's outstanding in chasing Amy. I would say that, uh, Joey Lauren Adams is the best part of chasing Amy, mm-hmm. but he's fantastic. Uh, but then I think for his best, um, is a tie between almost famous where he's the lead singer in Stillwater and, uh, vanilla sky where he holds his own against Tom Cruise and Penelope Cruz and Kurt Russell and everybody in that movie. Uh, and both Cameron Crowe movies, incidentally, but, and even uh, yeah, even, those are my, uh, my name is Earl. He's he he has he carries that whole uh, series. Indeed, is that a good series? I never yeah. watched an episode of that. Thing. I watched good the first season and really liked it. <clears throat> good for really? a while. I watched it for three or four seasons, and then they started changing rules and things like that. And 
I mean, you have to, I guess, to make it fresh, but like, you know, uh, it's, it started getting a little bit, I mean, it, it, he'd done so many things and then like, like how many fucking things did he put on this list? That he yeah. Had, you know, that he was, uh, atoning for or whatever. It's like, it, it, was ending. that the deal where he was supposed to be doing good acts yeah, or something like that? Make up yeah. for his past. Yeah. Yeah. All right. No, it's, it's a it's good a, show. Uh, I, I watched it all the way to, I don't know. It was like season four or something. I didn't finish it though. Hmm. You know, I was going to say Gina Carano was good in Haywire and I actually don't mind her in the Mandalorian. Uh, but, uh, she has doubled down on her crazy rhetoric, mm-hmm. uh, which I will call crazy, uh, anti-masker, uh, stop the steal stuff. <laughs> so I'm going to disqualify her, but I do want to say Jim Brown, uh, has always impressed me yeah. as a really, really good actor. And of course I wasn't alive when he was a running back for Cleveland. Mm-hmm. So I know him more as an activist and a uh and uh an actor but jim brown you know i i remember him from mars attacks i guess but he's he was in the dirty dozen he's been in uh a bunch of films and he's always awesome oh yeah and he was not too bad of a running back too that's right <laughs> he was okay Ooh, this is maybe my favorite Ooh. are you ready yeah okay favorite actor that you think has the potential to play the lead but hasn't been recognized yet. Mm. And what I was thinking about, I was thinking about this exact same thing before I even read the question, because when I was recommending the sound of metal last, uh, last episode, I was thinking about Riz Ahmed and I was like, man, this guy's crushing this role, crushing it. But like until now he's been the bad guy in venom and he's, he's been in, you know, these, these supporting parts this whole time. But like, given the opportunity, he fucking nails it, man. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm thinking about like people like Catherine Hahn who got her uh, big break with uh, Mrs. Fletcher, that HBO show where she could own the show, mm-hmm. and she does. And I was thinking about Regina King when she got the lead role in uh, in Watchmen, where obviously she's been great for many many years, but ain't no role that was written for her as well as Watchmen. And so this makes me very excited uh, on who could have that career jump. What do you guys think? I was uh, having a hard time with this. It's really hard uh, a lot of times because you'll see somebody who's always sort of the the sidekick or whatever, and you're not quite sure if their uh, if their career trajectory is going to lead them to leading man status, like. The first person that I thought of was Kyle Chandler, but I was like sitting there thinking Kyle Chandler at this point in his career, I don't think he could just carry a movie. I don't think you could just say Kyle Chandler in this movie and everybody's going to rush out to see it or whatever. Of course he was the lead in Friday night lights TV show. Uh, but he has been in so many supporting things now that I don't, I don't know how we, how we make him a, a leading man at this point. He's certainly good looking enough, certainly good, uh, certainly, uh, uh, a good actor enough to do it. But, uh, what the two people that I thought of though, Winston Duke, who's in, yeah, uh, who's in us and, uh, and he's in uh, black Panther. And, uh, he's in a, a few other things, but his career's only really just started. 
yeah. he hasn't he hasn't been a, he hasn't done a lot of stuff for a very long time and uh i think he could easily get uh into that where he's uh he's the he's the main person uh and then uh donald glover seems to be a lot of uh in a lot of side he's like a side character a lot of times in movies but i think he could be the lead especially like in a comedy or i mean he could do anything the guy is multi-talented and everything mm-hmm. he obviously is the lead of atlanta uh which is a great show which i hope has another season at some point uh but uh, i think that he would given the chance you could give donald glover a lead and something he'd he'd run with it good call i like those mm-hmm. i like those i'm gonna go with uh miss ashley johnson who yeah. uh you might remember from Growing Pains as the youngest daughter um, or from the Avengers movie as the cafe girl that Captain America saves. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also the voice of Ellie in the video game smash hit The Last of Us Part 2. Oh, um, hold on. And she is lately mostly doing voice work. Uh, so I have the caveat here is she may not want to be a leading lady. Um, she may want to mostly do voice work or side acting gigs, but she is, uh, in last of us part two, she's outstanding. Uh, and I've, I've seen videos, of course they, they did a lot of, wasn't motion capture, but they did a lot of the actors doing the voices would act out the scenes and then they would animate the game based around the movements and whatnot. And I've seen a lot of that behind the scenes. And I think she's got the chop. She's got that. She's definitely pretty. Um, she's got that famous child star past that I think, you know, would be a draw for people. Oh, it's that girl. Um, so yeah, I'd like to see her get a shot. I just team. had that thought. She's uh she's uh Seaver. She's the Chrissy Seaver. Yeah. The youngest she's daughter the... in growing pains. No shit. Mm-hmm. She must've been super young at that point. Oh yeah. She was like seven. Yeah. How old is she now? Thirty-seven. Oh, I like that. I like that. I recognize her, too. Good call. Yeah. Well, I dug deep on that one, but actually, I just, uh, I've been trying to find any positives I could out of playing The Last of Us Part Two. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Meaning it's not good? No, I I said that wrong. Uh, I didn't enjoy it as much as the first one, uh, but it's good. Uh, but uh, there's no one in my life that knows that game or plays it. So I can't talk to anyone about it. Uh, so getting a use for it here on the podcast is sort of what I was going for there because you guys haven't played that game. My wife hasn't played that game. Uh, anyway. <laughs> um, uh, the first one that came to my mind, I got two, but uh, the first one that came to my mind uh, was a movie that we just recently watched called Luxor, uh, which was such a good movie. Andrea Riseborough. Uh, is the the protagonist in that, and it's just such a simple and beautiful story. But the the man that she has been in love with in the past, and that she is connecting to in a friendly way, and maybe a little bit more, is played by uh, Kareem Sala, and uh, he's so charismatic. And he was in uh, the director's first movie. Uh, he's been in quite a few other movies, but nothing where you'd, you'd really recognize him unless you saw Luxor. Mm-hmm. And man, this guy could absolutely devour a leading man role in a one-off movie or even a series, I think. 
Um, so yeah, that, that guy deserves a real, real, real shot, mm-hmm. uh, at the top level. The other one that I'd like to see come back. And I think she's done some directing and hasn't done as much acting recently is Lily Sobieski. Yeah. Oh, uh, who I've always thought was a terrific actress. Um, she's been in, you know, a million things, uh, most notably in my mind, eyes wide shut playing a very strange character in a strange situation. Yeah. But uh, she's always been a really, really good actress. I mostly so, remember her from the classic Here on Earth, which put her in a love triangle between um, the Chris guy from American Pie and Josh Hartnett after a car accident. I see. Yeah. Yes. Very good synopsis of that forgettable movie, uh, Jeremy. <laughs> I saw <it> <laughs> Hey, she's in the uh, Wicker Man. Uh, <laughs> oh, Wicker Man. She is indeed. <laughs> She's the one that's churning butter or whatever the fuck it is when this <laughs> cage comes out. Uh, but she's a good actress. I'd like to see her uh, come on back. She was, wasn't she uh, Elijah Wood's boo in Deep Impact? She was. I've seen that movie since it came out. She, uh, she yeah. yeah. It was her and uh, little Elijah Wood. And then, little, and little then the parents are going to die in the flood, so they hand the baby sister to Lele to raise as her own daughter and they ride yeah. off on a moped to the top of a hill and and they go up to the hill and the water comes almost up yeah. but then it comes back down. Yeah. Thank God for that fucking moped <laughs> because uh because the asteroid that destroyed the planet was partially well, named. It, it for, didn't destroy the planet. Uh but, but what do you remember was it the wolf or the beaterman? It was beaterman. Oh, I'm just asking. Mm. I, <laughs> I remember one of them missed and one of them hit. And no, I mean it. It basically destroyed the planet. It destroyed uh, Teo Leone. Yeah, it didn't destroy the planet. It hit the Atlantic Ocean, and it it came in ways to the Tennessee Valley, and then like the whole West Coast of America is fine. I mean, <sighs> it's probably some nuclear. Yeah, weather. you're right. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So yeah, the, big, the whole West Coast was fine. It was Missouri. Yeah, it was Missouri that they went to to climb up on the things because that's where the the limestone caves were. I don't know if you say so. I'm just saying yeah. the, the little one is the only one that hit, and so they averted a total global catastrophe. Yeah, but I give yeah. the movie balls points because they at least had a fucking big meteor hit the Earth and do some fucking damage. Whereas like yeah. Armageddon, they're like, oh, self sacrificing Bruce Willis it got all but the tiniest bits. My uh, my favorite points are balls points. Mm-hmm. I uh, I appreciate you giving the movie balls points. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotta have balls and balls point pens and shit like that. Hey, here's a silly question that I love for no reason. Okay, <laughs> here it is: favorite movie, starting with each letter of your first name. <laughs> mm-hmm. okay. I use Barrett. I use Barrett, even though I'm a middle namer. Uh, yes, I use Barrett. So I went ahead and did the full Christopher. I if it was just Chris. Ooh. If it was just Chris, then we would have uh, Casablanca, uh, Heat, uh, Rear Window. And of course, I, I saw that Jeremy had Rear Window as well, but I mean, on the R's, you, I mean, it, it doesn't get any better than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Inception and uh, Shawshank Redemption. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, with the rest of it, the Topher part, I have This is Spinal Tap, nice. Office Space, uh, prestige, mm. uh, Hudsucker proxy, election, and Rushmore. 
That's a solid lineup. I have by far the worst one of this whole thing. By the way, speaking of Christopher, do we know if Topher Grace is a derivative of Christopher? It is. I would imagine. I never really thought about that. It is for a fact. Interesting. Mm-hmm. They went with the Topher. I you, after he came famous, somebody named their kid Topher without the Chris part. Probably. That's some bullshit. What you got, Jeremy? Jeremy's got daughter, such a good one, too. Jesus Christ. It's like it's like naming your daughter Fanny instead of Stephanie. Oh, wait. Fanny's a real name. Um, <clears throat> okay, so my name is Jeremy. Uh, it's mm-hmm. J-E-R-E-M-Y. So I got Jaws, Ex Machina, yes. Rue Window, Eternal Sunshine yeah. of the Spotless Mind, yes. The Matrix, and E2 Mama Tambien. <clears throat> uh, Why was not easy, I'll be honest. Uh, not, you had three for him, though, right? What? You had three of the whys. I did. I chose E2 Mama Tambien, but I also what had... What was the third one? Uh, yeah, 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 and Yes, God, yes. You know, not mm. a lot of movies that start with why. Yeah, I see. It should have been You've Got Mail or or Yes Man or... Uh, Yahoo Serious? <laughs> Wait, that's not a yeah, movie. Yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, I have by far the shittiest one. I don't even know why. My brain just shut down. These are fun, though, all right? <clears throat> so for B, my name is Barrett. Two R's, two T's. Uh, so for B, Batman, nineteen eighty nine, Batman, mm. not Batman Begins. Of course not. not. Uh, no, no, no. I ain't got no time for that. Mm-hmm. I have a, I have a, a backup on some of these. Better Off Dead was my second one. Yeah. Oh, that's good. That's uh, for A, I have. I'm gonna go with Annie Hall for my pick. Uh, Aliens was my second pick. I like Aliens better than I like Alien. Mm-hmm. Nobody's okay. gonna fight you. Completely different movies. You can like them both. Is that a controversial? I'm not even bullshitting. Like, is that a controversial opinion? No. Like, nope. Really? That's okay. a 50 50 opinion. They're both awesome. I still, yeah, I still love both of them. But if you had both of them right in front of me, I would watch Aliens, I think. Uh, for the first R, I have The Raid 2. Once mm-hmm. again, I like The Raid 2 better than I like The Raid 1, even well, though they're you, both. There you're just correct. <clears throat> uh, for the other R, I got Rocky, because Rocky is a movie I can watch. Seven times straight, and I get tired of it. Uh, it's just—it's a perfect movie. Did you say seven? Seven times straight. Yes, that's just a weird number to pick. That's all. Like I can watch, I can watch The Martian mm-hmm. thirteen times straight. That's, that's just a weird number to pick. <laughs> all with prime numbers here. It's like in uh, Clerks, where he's like, "My my girlfriend, my girlfriend sucked twenty-seven dicks in a row." <laughs> in a row. <laughs> <laughs> For the E, predictably, I have Eyes Wide Shut, yeah, uh, another movie that. I can watch seven and a half times. Mm-hmm. Uh, sticking with Kubrick, uh, for T, I went with 2001, yes. A Space Odyssey. Yes. And that's a little bit cheating. My backup was True Romance, by the way. It's not cheating at all. so much fun. Uh, and then for the other T, I have two again. I'm going to go with a recent entry, which I have now watched three times, Trial of the Chicago 7. Mm. And I love that movie. I mm. love it. I Wait liked it when you I first watched backup. it. You had a backup for your first T, which was True Romance. Yep. And then you had another T, and you were like, yep. fuck True Romance. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have a backup for the second T, too. I have Three uh-huh. Amigos for okay. the second T. All right. Uh, three Amigos and Trial of the Chicago 7. So, yeah, I have ah. four T movies on two T's because that's how I roll. Anyway, you've uh, seen Trial of the Chicago 7 three times. 
films. That's yeah, man, that movie's so fucking good. That movie's mm. amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, um, you've seen it seven times in a row. Well, maybe I will. Maybe I will <laughs> right after this. After I combine a script, I'm going to watch Trial of the Chicago 7 seven Ooh. times in a row. All yeah. right. <clears throat> I think I think that's – Molly's Game – was it Molly's Game that he directed? Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. Chris, you've seen – well, you guys both have seen both of these. Um, would you say Molly's Game is better than Trial of the Chicago 7 or vice versa? No. I like it better, but I can see – you like Molly's game better? I do, but I think there's more polish in Trial of the Chicago 7. I would choose to watch Molly's game more, but um but Trial of the Chicago 7 um is a better movie, I think. I got you. Okay, next question. Which disaster films are each of you individually best suited to survive? This was written in by our buddy Jacob Hopkins, formerly from Modern Horrors, Ooh. and now like a global trekker, uh, uh, Iron Man he athlete that everywhere. runs everywhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guy, the guy, I didn't even realize that kind of thing existed until Jacob. Like those things where people run insane amount of miles. Yeah. Like it's longer than marathons. Like, oh, yeah. It's way longer than marathon. It's the, um, the long walk from Stephen King. Yeah, yeah. Where he gets shot if he go under four miles an hour. <laughs> yes. Um, I uh, I thought about this for a while, and uh, I came up with Independence Day because Independence Day is the the ships all fly over the big cities, and they and they and they're just there for a long time, and like. Like most people that you see in the background of this movie, they're packing up their car and they're getting the fuck out of there. Not waiting around to see what's going to happen with these ships going over big cities. Yeah. You know, so I'd, I'd pack up everything I, I needed, get in a car and I'd drive off somewhere to like Kansas. Aliens don't care about. Yeah. And, uh, and, yeah. uh, stay there for a while. Um, would you go middle America? Cause I would probably go Island. I would, I would steal a boat or figure out, because you know, so much of the Earth is covered in water. I figure if I have a good, reliable boat, I can hit up an island. I can hit up, you know, a seaboard one way or another. I mean, that's uh, a good idea too. Um, uh, but yeah, I would just be away from a big city, and and uh, you know, and and I would just mind my own business. Of course, I mean, if the aliens are going to overtake the world, there's nothing you're going to do about it. So, um, so I would just I mean, go to the lake. I heard maybe they don't like water. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but obviously. In, well, on Independence Day, they don't. There's no water uh, weakness. No, this I was time. just Shyamalan. No, I, I I understand where <laughs> I understand where you were going, uh, but uh, but in this case, their their weakness is that they have a uh, terrible antivirus software. <laughs> That's right. They're like, what is this? <laughs> it's a skull and crossbones. I forgot to update my Norton. <laughs> I'm going to give it a cold. I think I would die in most disaster movies because I have a a long-standing reputation as a klutz. Like, not a klutz like John Ritter and Three's Company where I'm constantly tripping over. Just, I just, I drop shit. I fumble shit. I misread when I reach for shit and bash my hand. Just all my life, I have just been clumsy. 
And I think you take a person like that and you put them in a disaster movie setting, it's over. There's no fucking hope for that guy. So mm-hmm. I chose Poseidon Adventure simply because I took I did a lot of swimming in my youth. Um, and I never swam competitively, but I took lessons from the time I was like five. Uh, I took diving lessons, uh, and I could hold my breath underwater for longer than most people can. So uh, that's the only advantage I can see in any of these disaster scenarios. And so I decided, because there's a lot of swimming in Poseidon Adventure, like the ones that survive. Mm -hmm. Shelly Winters, well, she doesn't survive. Uh, But they have to swim through this whole thing uh, and hold your breath for a very long time. I got that. Uh, You put me in the towering inferno, I'm going to burn. I'm I'm going to die. I was sitting there thinking the same thing about a lot of these, like, you know, Twister, like I would never be, you, like, I, I feel like, yes, if I were at my house, I would be able to find a spot where the tornado may not get me, but I wouldn't be able to be a part of that tornado researching team or Carrie El- even Carrie Elway's evil team. Um, you know, I, I, I would, I would definitely die in Twister. I would, uh, uh, definitely. I don't know. Day, day after tomorrow, I'd probably do something stupid, like walk out for a moment while it's like negative 200 degrees. <laughs> your t-shirt and you're out getting the mail. Like, Oh right, my right, God. Right. Oh, fuck. Well, I, didn't realize, I didn't realize it was that cold before I died. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny because that's my answer is the day after tomorrow. I feel like, uh, I could, I could dodge weather stuff either by, mm-hmm being doing what you were doing chris and go to middle america where they weren't really affected except for cold mm-hmm. i can i can deal with cold you build a fire hell they were in the fucking library and they were fine mm-hmm. uh they would been been completely fine if emmy rossum didn't like jack up her leg on that cab when she no, was trying to save the 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 lady but if they could stay warm in the new york public library which is not insulated well and it's mm-hmm. got super high ceilings you know those windows are super old you could probably survive pretty well on this. Mm-hmm. So uh, I feel like I, I I could dodge some weather in the day after tomorrow. But the main thing that I could survive, if I survived the initial, well, one, I would definitely survive. One, I don't know about. So Avengers Endgame, the snap, and half of the people disappear. As long as I don't get snapped, I'm good, baby. I'm all mm-hmm. right. I got more elbow room. There's more restaurants to eat at. There's, uh, there's, there's, you know, less people currently that could spread germs and things like that. Get some air, get some real air. And, uh, I feel like I could navigate that very well. Similarly <laughs> in left behind, oh boy, I would, I would be left behind mm-hmm. and I would be cool with it, baby. I would be <laughs> like, yeah. Now, in the immediate aftermath of this, much like Avengers Endgame, you would have some plane crashes like Nicolas Cage did. I'm talking about the Nicolas Cage version, by the way, not the Kirk Cameron version. I think he did like four or five of those. Mm -hmm. Uh, But uh, you you would have plane crashes and you would have helicopter crashes and you would have car crashes and stuff like that. That's all tragic. But if I were just like sitting in my house like I normally am doing work and – the rapture happened, it would probably take me like six, seven days before I'd even notice it. And then when I did, I'd be like, yeah, let's go walk around the greenway where nobody is anymore. Mm -hmm. Hopefully there's a bunch of Christians that just got sucked up into heaven. 
And uh, yeah, I'd be all right with that. I'd be okay with that aftermath. I Did you ever see any what... of the uh, Left Behinds? Did you guys see those? I don't know. I didn't know. Remember, yeah. I remember it being a big deal, but I never saw it. The book um, was a big deal, and then Kirk Cameron did a couple of them, I think, and then yeah. Nicholas Cage had to pay off his wine bill or something. Well, like he also that. did that. Uh, the other big Kirk Cameron uh, movie is Fireproof, I believe. Is yeah, what it's called. yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, you brought up Thanos. I still don't understand what that asshole was doing. Like he goes to this planet where he's all by himself and he's like, mm, job well done. Half, <laughs> half the universe is, uh, is, uh, gone now and everybody can, can, uh, can drive down highways freely and everything. And like, <laughs> and then, and then it, I guess, I guess he waits and t- no, he, he smashed, he smashed everything. So he couldn't do anything anymore after this. I'm sitting there thinking, does he wait until like, the population gets crazy again in the universe. Does he think that nobody can have kids anymore? I don't no, understand. He doesn't do fucking, that because he destroys the infinity stones, which is what I just said before yeah. that. I'm just yeah. saying like, like he just, how in the world is he supposed to do keep, keep this up during this whole thing? And I just never, I've never understand that. It's, it's the reason why they, they changed that thing in the comic book. And that's why it doesn't make any sense anymore is because he's like trying to impress death. And he's not trying to impress death in these, these movies. He's just like, yeah, half the people gone job. Well done. Let's yeah. go fucking retire. Yep. You know, so, um, I'd, I'd be yeah. fine with that, man. If it just, you know, I'd, I'd miss some people. I'd miss some people, but yeah, you get over it by the time mm-hmm. you get to, to end game or the five years later thing, I'd be dealing with that. I wouldn't be in the, the group therapy with cap. I'd just be like, Hey, yeah, this is the, the traffic this is would be marvelous. God, you imagine? I know, I know, man. Just drive Gee, around. The in, in, there's some part of us, right? In all of us, that we all got some Thanos in in us. Yeah, all man, I'd be riding a motorcycle naked, just like mm-hmm. ball straddling one side on the other. One, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's only there's only 3.5 billion people on the planet at that point. You can ball, you can go ball out balls out on a motorcycle anytime you want. No, the chances of anybody seeing you very small. I'm just saying, five years after the snap in Endgame, it looks so fucking dour. Yes, you're going to miss a lot of people, but everybody's just <laughs> after five years, man. You move on. Life, There's no reason to have all those boats in in the Hudson Harbor or whatever the hell it is in Manhattan. And have Shea Stadium closed. You know they would open Shea, or not Shea Stadium, City Bank Field or whatever the fuck it is. Mm-hmm. City Field. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and you know they'd have that shit open by the next season. They just use, you know, minor leaguers. Mm-hmm. Uh, look yeah. at look at the pandemic. Look how people are just like, well, we need to have sports. We need to have yeah. a seven-win team compete for the college uh, football championship. Yeah, they did people it in Interstellar. They did it in Interstellar. There you mm-hmm. go. It was uh, it was the Yankees. It was a it was a it was a discount Yankees, but the Yankees were still playing. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Question for you guys: Are there any moments in movies where it cuts to another scene without really finishing the previous, so that you have to wonder what happened in between? For example, and I love this example. I've thought this the exact same time. For example, in The Dark Knight, when Joker crashes Wayne's fundraiser for Harvey. Uh, Joker throws Rachel out the window. He says, under the circumstances, not the best choice of words. Drops mm-hmm. her. He goes out. 
and Batman jumps after her, and then they uh, crash into the car below. The film then cuts to Harvey collecting Lau from Gordon. Last we saw, Wayne has locked Harvey in a cupboard after choking him out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and now he's trapped in an apartment with the Joker, who wasn't injured, and some goons who beat who Batman beat up, but will get back up. Surely Joker would continue to search for Harvey. Great example. I hate yeah, it's a it's a famous example too. And funnily enough, if you want to, if you if if this episode slightly turns into a behind you know behind the scenes episode for a moment, we didn't send it. And the reason why was because of we were still trying to figure out each other's writing back in the day hmm. and what everything meant. And Jeremy wrote a sin for this about like how Joker probably killed everybody at the party and everything. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, but there was no, there was no time. There was, I think there was no time code and there was no lead in or anything. So that's all it said. <laughs> he just wrote it. On and so I was like, Okay, well, I guess I'm because I was combining on that when I was like, I I'm, I don't know what to think of this, so I cut it, and then we'd come out with the video, and people were like, "How could you miss this part?" and blah 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 and everything. And I was like, "Shit!" And they didn't mean to. Um, <laughs> um, I feel like this happens. Uh, that's a famous example. I feel like this happens so often that I can't even actually think of a real specific instance of it. There are so many times where people go over to somebody's apartment and they lay this super huge bomb on them. And that's the end of the scene. Yeah. And, 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 and you're like, well, did you have a fucking conversation afterwards about what you're going to do and like how you feel about it and everything? So I see that a lot in these movies where, where they just want to end the scene dramatically and everything. Yeah. But going along those lines, I was thinking, and this may not be a perfect example of this, but. I still want to know what the fuck Dennis Hopper was doing in speed when he somehow cut out a part of that sidewalk underneath the trash can either before all of this happened, which is problematic in many ways or after, which is even more problematic because yeah, it's like Samuel L. Jackson and winter soldier. <laughs> yeah. He has to, he ha- if, if, if Dennis Hopper is waiting until uh he kidnaps Sandra Bullock and he goes under into the subway system and all that to cut out that section under the trash can where the the money is and everything how was he able to to pull that off does he have a ladder sitting there with a, like a chainsaw and all sorts of shit and he and he like he, he kidnaps Sandra Bullock and straps bombs to her and all this stuff so like there's a point where he sees her out on the street because the ambulance is pulled over to the fucking crime scene. Yeah, and, and she's just wandering out. <laughs> she's just hanging out and he sees her and, and kidnaps her and everything. And then like, then Keanu's like, like, have we turned on the bug yet? And it's like, no, they haven't turned on the little bug thing that shows them that if the money is moving or not and all that. And it's like, as soon as he, they cut there, it's the money is moving. So like how much time, had to have gone by at that point where Dennis Hopper takes Sandra Bullock down to the subway, goes down that long ass fucking hallway that yeah. they were in, uh, with a ladder and a like chainsaw of some sort, cut out this big hole while she's sitting there. Like, I don't know, 
you know, dealing with bombs strapped around her waist. <laughs> um, I wish I could come up with a, a specific example like this Batman one, but where there's just clearly just things they've just completely uh, left out and they just said, fuck it. You know, <laughs> they just figured, well, since the, 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 the scene here, the real story here is that Batman caught up with, with, uh, with, uh, Maggie Gyllenhaal and, 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 uh, and, uh, saved her. That's the main point you should take. Don't worry about that Joker being still yeah, up there. Left, the party. It was like, ah, <laughs> oh, yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Oh, darn. Oh, darn. I, uh, I also struggled mightily with this question. My actual prep answer in the email is, I don't have an answer for this yet. I'll try and think of one. And I like Chris's explanation that it it happens so often, it it clouds your mind and try and think of specific examples. What's funny to me is that I pulled a not quite technically an answer to the question example from the movie Speed. Um, Oh, really? And it's the dude that shoots the bus driver. And we just seen this movie recently, (laughs) but... There's a, a criminal on this bus who thinks Keanu is there to arrest him. He pulls out a gun. Keanu does the whole famous, I don't care about your crime. And I think we wrote, you should. Uh, <laughs> he's, he's serious enough that he's pulling a gun. It's probably a bad crime. <laughs> on a and In wrestling for the gun, the bus driver is shot. And this dude faces zero consequences. The movie mm. never, it should not cut. From the end of the blowing up over to the to her in the ambulance and the whatnot with the money drop. It should cut to another scene of them arresting that motherfucker <laughs> saying, I'm glad you're alive, but you have three warrants. Um, and it just bothers the shit out of me that that guy gets to go home and watch the evening news and get away with his crime. Like, well, yeah. I shot a bus driver today, but I got away with it. But because I wasn't a bomber, no one remembered. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. What if this? Yeah, what if this guy killed fifty people? I just like that's the. It's so insane. Like what he could have been, what he could have been guilty of, and we're, yeah. you know, uh, yeah. <laughs> the movie could have uh, done. I mean, the movie clearly wanted the bus driver out of the way, so Sandra Bullock would have to take over driving, and this is what they came up with. I just think mm-hmm. could have come up with maybe a better <laughs> like, the guy bus shoot. driver has a heart attack. <laughs> that works better for me than this. That's true. Mm-hmm. That's true. Yeah. My uh, my favorite example of this. Um, from back in the day was X-Files. X-Files would always have Mulder on location calling Scully, uh, who's in the lab, you know, working on something. She's like, Mulder, this doesn't add up. And he would say something pithy and either hang up the phone without saying, okay, see you later. <laughs> or the scene would just cut. She'd be, or Or he wouldn't say anything. And she'd be like, I think this was extraterrestrial. And he would look off to the side and then the scene would cut. Like, what is the rest of that conversation like? Well, I guess I'll go over to this spot and check that out. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? You're going to be back at uh, Quantica? Okay. You stay there. All right. Take care. See you later. But no, Mulder just kind of did his own thing. But I just saw something recently where it really bothered me. Um, there's a one-two punch this weekend of two of my least favorite Marvel films. Guardians of the Galaxy 2, and then mm. Age of Ultron. And mm. I hate watched both of them. <clears throat> Guardians of the Galaxy 2 is the better of the two, I think, because at least it's colorful. At least it's going for something. 
I, I think story wise, it's lacking, but it, it's more fun than Age of Ultron for sure. Uh, but in Guardians of the Galaxy 2, you got Kurt Russell as Ego, the uh, planet that uh, goes around fucking ladies on different planets and mm-hmm. producing offspring. And one of those offspring is Peter Quill, Star-Lord. And so he finally gets Quill back to the planet and he's whining and dining him. And he's like, oh, all this could be yours and you're my boy and I love you and stuff like that. And uh, he he's throwing his pitch at him, and at one point it's just him and uh, and Quill, and he's like, you know, I've looked for millions of years of my existence, and I finally found somebody that was worthy of my seed, <laughs> or something like that. Somebody that uh, that the, the 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 progeny of the woman that I loved is the answer to my issues. And Chris Pratt goes, why did you leave her if you loved her so much? (laughs) And then Ego goes, cut. Cut to the Ravager scene after they've mutinied on Yondu and they're starting to (laughs) to throw people out into space. After that whole conversation, I guess they just said they nodded at each other and just walked away. (laughs) (laughs) And the, you know, the next one they they show is the one where he's showing him the light. And they start playing catch, and it's it's bullshit and it's awful. And like I'm just like, what what happened after that? What was his response to that? Did he just walk away? Did he storm off? Did he do anything? You could have had thirty more seconds in that scene to resolve it. And no, no. This gives me the sense that they had an explanation written and they acted it out and everything. And then when they went to edit it, they were like, I don't like this scene. I don't like, I don't like what they're saying. I don't like any, I don't like the reason he's giving. It doesn't make any sense to what we're going to do later and all that. And they cut it out. But then you're, you, the audience is left going, but that's important. It is. And I'll tell you what, and you're, you're absolutely right. I would assume but then cut the whole scene because the next scene is him asking the exact same question. And then you start to get some resolution. Then you have the, the play catch and stuff like that. You don't need all that other stuff. Just cut that scene. That's the, one of the problems with that whole movie is that there's too much, there's too much of that stuff and it needed to be chopped down to be snappier. Like the first one you, you brought, you brought up, uh, X-Files and like TV is probably the worst offender of this, especially <laughs> when they're doing cliffhangers yeah. in any kind of thing. Uh, I remember being an avid watcher of the OC back in the day Yeah, you were when it was, uh, was going on and there was, a uh, I don't even remember what was going on in this, in this one scene, but it was the Benjamin McKenzie character was seeing some somebody that was he was dating somebody and then he went to an ex-girlfriend's house and started talking to her or whatever and i guess there was an idea that maybe they'd get back together i don't even remember if that was what it was it was something like that Mm -hmm. and then the girl that he's actually dating shows up to the house and she's like so what's up and that's how the episode ends. And then the next episode, it's like 
there there's like there's no there's been no discussion about it there's they're just in a completely different place and <laughs> and and it's like why would there not be a big discussion after this you're at your ex you have your ex-girlfriend over and talking to her and all this and and don't tell me about it but then next episode nah we won't we won't address that it, it'll be a thing but maybe five episodes <laughs> yeah it's mm-hmm. terrible it's annoying uh yeah and uh, we still have a lot more but uh hopefully we'll be able to answer them over the next uh few weeks uh when we're doing all this we have a really cool one next week that's right uh so yeah uh i'll just leave you with that um <laughs> all right well that's gonna do it for this week keep going to sincast presented by cinema sins on facebook uh we're also on cinema sins twitter music video since twitter we're on uh soundcloud and we're on discord if you want to get on discord you can go to our Reddit page and find a link on the right side of the page there, or you can go to Facebook and private message me there. Uh, but that's going to do it for this week. It's Chris Atkins and Jeremy Scott and Barrett Share. We'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. Comment on our episodes on our SoundCloud page. Check us out on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. And be sure to visit cinemasins.com. I did uh, a kale smoothie this morning. Nice. Nice. Yeah, can really taste the kale. You can really taste the kale. Yeah. I had some crayon lemonade from uh, Ocean Spray. And uh, Did you do uh did you ride a skateboard while listening to Fleetwood Mac? No. <laughs> <laughs> crank that sucker. Crank that fucker. Hey, I got an idea for uh an idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> for her. Well, Chris, Chris is disgusted with that idea. He hates it. He hates it. God, I've never seen him He's hate like, an idea more. <laughs> Fucking Barrett and your and your merchandising and promotional concepts. <clears throat> well, I get up and walk, you know, halfway across the house for Tums. When I mean, it doesn't seem worth it. The Ricos happen quite a bit. I think mainly Michael Ironside is the one who does the Ricos, but yeah, he says a lot of them. He says a lot of them. It's Rico. right at the beginning, Rico, Rico, and then yeah. like, and then like t- towards the you know the middle after the middle part of the movie where they're in the outpost that gets attacked by the millions of bugs and everything. There's a point where like everybody, it seems like uh, Johnny has the biggest fucking like uh, uh, advancement of his career, like of his career. Like in oh, every goddamn battle, he's getting fucking field promoted. So he's like he's like a sergeant, and then some asshole goes over and starts taking pictures <laughs> or something and gets killed. And Michael Ironside's like, "How would you like to be sergeant now?" And then <laughs> so he's corporal, and then he's sergeant. And then, and then like, and then like Doogie Hauser shows up and says, Hey, I hear there's a lieutenant opening. And then, in the, what do you say? Tip over all these other assholes that were there before you. This is a guy who was like whipped and then expelled, basically. He quit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he ends up basically being the general. Oh, man, God. I love that movie. I want yeah. to stick my starts, dick in that movie's he starts, ass. He starts copying everything Michael Ironside says. Yeah! Too. Yeah, if you want to live forever! Yeah.
Who else in uh, Ready or Not? Samara Weaving and is it Adam Brody that's mm-hmm. in that? Adam Brody, you Adam have Brody. Uh, that dude from The Fugitive is the Henry dad. Henry Shearney. Yeah, not The Fugitive. I meant The Mission Impossible. Was uh, the Henry Journey? He's, he's the dad. Um, Andy oh, McDowell. Yeah. Oh, it's Andy McDowell. That's right. Yeah, it's a really good cast. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like that movie a lot. I'll tell you what, though. That hell. kid, the, the fiance, the son, Samara Weaving's husband. He's the evilest fucker in this whole movie, and I. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> he knows okay, the possibility he's... of what's coming, and he just is counting on the odds to save him, so he never tells her. And but they haven't had it for like a hundred years or something, right? Not been that long, no. But it's been a generation. Yeah, because uh, they were the, the very beginning of that movie is the kids running through the house because they're because that, oh, that's right, that's that right. Picked, the high, the uh, ready or not was picked, or the hide and seek was picked. But uh, isn't he trying to save her at first, like no. legitimately, or is he no setting he just, her up? No, he just well, he's not setting her up. He just never tells her the truth. And then once or twice, once the game gets going, he does one or two things to try and help her or save her. But it's too fucking late, man. Like you know, you have to at least tell her the odds. And he's just banking on. Well, there's no way it's going to be hide and seek, right? And I don't even fault the demon who, like, explodes their heads at the end as much as I fault this motherfucker. <laughs> What's the most rewatchable Mission Impossible? Is it the first Jesus. one or is it uh, Ghost Protocol? Number four, Ghost Protocol. God, it's Thank been you. running recently on Epics, one of these channels, and I I forgot can't, how fucking fun that movie is. Can't look away. It's definitely the most fun. It is yeah. absolutely the most fun. The, the next two, I think, are technically better achievements uh but they aren't as fun they're still fun but they're not as it's it's brad bird saying like hey let's take the the foot off the gas and let jeremy renner do a few stretches before he (laughs) i love that part when when tom cruise is coming back and he's like three floors and five offices over away and jeremy renner's like your line's not long enough. Tom Cruise goes, no shit. <laughs> That's before he goes and does that running jump into the room. I just love that delivery. Oh, no it's shit. so great. It was, uh, is it Leah Sadu? That's the, uh, the assassin in that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, mm-hmm. my goodness gracious. And then you got, yeah. uh, Pammy Pam. Um, and, um, <clears throat> what's her name? Pammy Pam. It's not Pam. Um, 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 Jordana Brewster? No, uh, Paula Patton. Paula Patton. Polly, Paula, yes. Paula, Polly. Pammy, Pam. Pammy, <laughs> Pam. <laughs> what was the deal with the nipples on Friends? Do you know? Have you taken nope. a deep dive into the the nipples because they were always? I know that it's it's out. most prominent with her, but it's all three ladies, and I have no idea if it was some sort of. <sighs> Okay, it could be harmless, right? The studios could be really cold. Yeah, but come on, man! I didn't never see it, it with Phoebe. I, I saw it with Courtney Cox, and uh, it was and, so uh, it's so uh, obvious in so many episodes. It feels intentional, whether it was the actress or the costume person or some patriarchal male director insisting on. It's like that. Isn't there rubbing ice on? From, <laughs> Chris, you remember that uh, Feast movie from the Greenlight? Mm, I remember. Dude and I know what like, you're about to talk about. Yeah. Too, yeah. <laughs> because uh, the uh, it's uh, who is that actress who was in that? Um, she oh, was in she, a lot. Of, I think it was. Uh, oh God, she dated it, Clooney. 
Yeah, she was in a lot of uh, of uh, softcore stuff. Um, what was her name? I'm looking her up. I used I to never be saw aware. that series. She was in that. She was in those Emmanuel things that were on Ooh, Cinemax. Yeah. Um, you know where they made that? I guess that I guess they made a series out of that movie that came they out. Sure they, did. Yeah. Krista Allen is that who? Krista it is? Allen. Krista yeah. Allen is also the girl that's in the elevator in Liar Liar. That. Uh, no. Oh, right. When right. Jim Carrey's like, because your boobs are huge. You know. God, we can't use any of this. <laughs> sure, we can. No. Uh, what is the deal with her her nipples in in that? Oh, there was a there was, they the producers of Feast came up to uh, uh, Clue Gu- or was it? It's Gulliger was his last name. John Gulliger. John yeah. Gulliger went up to him and said, "Yeah, her nipples keep poking through the shirt, and they needed him to go and tell her that." Mm. And so, uh, I mean, Gulliger. I mean, this is his first. I mean, he's semi sort of been in the movie business, but like telling someone that their nipples are poking through a shirt is a new thing for him. So like, of course it comes off weird and creepy when he goes over and and says that. And she, she goes, she's like, Oh my God, my nipples are popping through. Oh my God. She goes to the camera. Like, like, can you believe these people? (laughs) Well, you're a student of the game. So I I would not. Honestly, uh, I still laugh at the parts that are funny, but, the older I get, the more problematic this show becomes. Just because it sure does, doesn't it? Not it's not just the problematic casual homophobia and misogyny. It's the it's the recycled jokes, man. There are so many episodes that do storylines that Seinfeld did. Yeah. Uh, or previous, and I realize sitcoms generally are only recycling the same, you know, forty eight plots or what have you. <clears throat> but um I mean I I have a list somewhere I started keeping of friends episodes that mirror like there's a whole episode where Chandler can't cry. Then they finally get him to cry and he can't stop crying. It's the same fucking thing. as (laughs) Um, And not, not as funny anyway. And there were about a year or when did friends start? 94, 95. I was in college. I I was, I I remember Seinfeld already had like five, six years on it. Yeah, they overlap about four years, I think. I remember talking about the first season of Friends when I was, uh, I believe, a junior in high school. So that would have been 94, uh, somewhere around there. And Seinfeld started like 89, 90. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The pilot was 89. And then uh, that first truncated season that was like, what, five, six episodes or something like that was picked up at 90. Yeah, the Seinfeld Chronicles. I read an interview with uh, Larry David where I think it was, no, it was somebody else talking about Larry David, but they were so concerned that that episode was going to get pulled by the studio, by the, the, the network. They didn't even have it on their board in the writer's room. They never worked on it in the writer's room. It wasn't on the whole season board. So when the network execs would come by, there was no hint of it. And so the first time they saw the script was the table read, and it went so well they were they were sold. And You're talking about the contest, yes. Well, you know what you know what's fucked up about the contest <laughs> is that when they discover that the naked woman is across the street with the uh, with the windows open, <laughs> this is so gross. Kramer goes over to his apartment. 
And like it, I think I clocked it the last time. It's like twenty five seconds. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then he comes back and throws his money on the table, and he's like, "I'm out." Uh, notwithstanding the time issue, ain't no way he had time to clean up <laughs> before he slapped that money down barehanded on the maybe, fucking table. Maybe, maybe and then they did. pick it up, and they're like, huh? "Maybe that's the joke." Yeah, maybe he didn't even have if to. If that was the case, himself. it should stick to his <laughs> No, nah, maybe he didn't have to touch anything. He's built it up so long. He's just. <laughs> or maybe he was preemptively paying it off because he knew he was going to later. Oh, that's also true. That's also true. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think obviously the, the, the show is saying that he did it and they're saying that much more time actually happened than really it did. But you know, that if you have hilarious. somebody doing one, if you have somebody doing a thing like that's what they do in movies. They fuck this up all the time. Somebody will be singing a song and somebody will go and do something impossible and you're and and the, the answer is well it's a, there's a there's a passage of time there well no one of the characters in the scene singing a song yeah so it, yeah. it took that long for that person to do the thing time. and come back uh and in, the, in this case they're looking out the window at the naked woman and they wouldn't have been doing that for an additional like you know whatever however long it would have taken kramer to you know <laughs> I do like the idea that he just walked into his apartment and started spewing everywhere. Like, right, just, right. Just, just, yeah. mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's how it our, our outtakes are full of nipples and masturbation. There's a point where just it, everything, it, it gets it gets ridiculous. Even, even Deadpool, as funny as it is, has a lot of that samey kind of wrong humor mm-hmm. that keeps happening. We even, I think we even pointed that out in the uh, Sims video where it's just like everything is this fucked of this and that's what happened. This was the result. They say that about three or four times. Do you look like this person fucked this, you know, creature? Yeah, topographical <laughs> map of Utah or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and, and it's always, it's always that's the result of it or whatever. Um, but Abby Time Murders, if I recall. It's a lot of stuff like that where they're just, you know, it's just they throw in something like super wrong with with a few pepper it with a few fucks and think it's funny. There you go. Like cinema sins. Right? They could at least censor that that nonsense. They have the internet on computers now. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck indeed? No. Are you talking about me? <laughs> I, no. Damn, when somebody somebody else is using binoculars. <laughs> and, that, and that's what's weird. <laughs>